okay so you got when mm-hmm. when you moved to miami mm-hmm. that was the start of your yeah. counterculture position. i moved and i started a new job and i didn't have a place to live one of my really good friends moved down with me okay we drove from connecticut to miami not knowing where to stay really <laughs> We had our mattress like flew out. Like, on the <laughs> no, way. a lot of things happened, you know, uh, on the way. But it was part of the journey. Such a great story. How you brewing? It's time to get ground to earth. I'm David. And I'm Josiah. And today we have Sandra Wallamaki with us. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank We're you. glad to have you. Um, we are going to get started the way that we always do with What's in the Cup. But before we do, we're going to get to know a little bit more about Sandra. And we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about the factors of brewing. What are they? I don't How know. How do they impact brewing coffee? Let's find out. Let's find out. Today's coffee is from our friends at Counterculture. Yes. Which Sandra might have something to do with. <laughs> um, David has no idea what is in this coffee. I don't, but I'm very excited to try this. And today. as we know, there is no wrong taste. But David is going to do his very best to guess what he tastes from our cup of coffee today. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's great is what's at stake is if David gets at least one, Just one. general category of this, right? <laughs> we're making it, we're wow. lessening the standards each week just because. <laughs> we got to push your potential. We're pushing your potential. Yeah, we got to push your potential. If he gets one of them, he gets to keep the 12 ounce bag of coffee. I do. Oof. There's a lot at stake here. What about if I guess it? Can I get to keep the, if, <laughs> I get if, to keep the bag that I there bought? There you go. <laughs> Wait, did, did we just. Did we just take a turn with what's in the cup? Yeah, is we this might now, have. Is this a true competition? It is a competition. Ooh. Sandra, I, I would love if you guessed. I will. Do you know? She knows. I do because <laughs> oh! you, I do because you asked me, but I didn't know that she before. she brought the cup. Okay, yeah, well then, yeah, you, yeah, then yeah. she brought competition she brought, is off. Our cup that that is rigged. All right, let's give it a taste. Just looking at me for the way I brewed the coffee. No, a, she's okay. judging you. We're gonna talk about the the essential. We're gonna brewing. talk about the factors of brewing factors to, of to brewing. adjust your your brew methodology. Mm. It's nice though. It's very nice. It is a delicious coffee. It is a very delicious coffee. All right. All right, David. Yeah, What'd I know. You listen, I, listen. We talked about this. Mm. All right, so. So I can help you. Can you help me? Yes. Okay. And I think the easy is just narrow it down. So the flavor wheel has like several layers, right? So the, the inward right. and then the outward layer. Mm-hmm. I start on the inward first mm-hmm. and land in the one. Mm-hmm. And then from there, expand. Expand out from there? Out. Listen, I definitely. Mm, definitely. No, definitely. Wow. For, for me, for my taste buds. This is terrible because believe in yourself. I do. I do. I'm going to go with my default. Listen, I there there definitely tastes something in the nutty cocoa Mm -hmm. range Mm -hmm. for me. All right, but I also I also taste fruity. All right. Look at those those raised eyebrows are like that's very good. I get excited. I get excited when yeah 
you are confident at. But that's great. You're narrowing it down to like few things. A few things, yeah. And, and then I could be wrong about most of those things. And the only thing that matters is that I'm right about one of them. I don't think yes. there's wrong answers. Is it? Well, so... to win the bag, there is. Oh, there's good. <laughs> there is. I mean, I can't take the bag back with me. So oh, no, regardless. Josiah gets it. See, oh, that's, that's the difference. True. That's what happens. So oh. if I don't get it, he gets the bag. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh, so it's still a competition. But then Me you against both myself. should guess. <laughs> but he knows now. We should have had it. you guess today. Correct. I should have brewed it. Part two. Fruity, nutty cocoa. Okay. Okay. That's how what we else? raise the stakes <clears throat> in the future. In the future, I like this. Yeah, that's a bit like, yeah, it's a competition. Yeah. I like competition. Good I competition, though. Yeah. Well, the goal initially mm. Brett, is he wanted to start even thinking about expanding his palate or describing so how that light's about, not even in the when thing. When we talk about fruit, yes. right? Yeah. So if you look at the flavor wheel, mm -hmm. it's narrowed down to citrus, uh, tropical fruits, mm -hmm. berry. Mm -hmm. See, stun yes. Yeah, see, ber so berries is often, though I've learned, I've learned actually that yeah. I, I tend to, to like that citrus, which is surprising. That's great. That's a personal yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. I don't know if that's, that's a personal pre reference. Reference is a big thing. All right. It's a big factor. All right. Mm. You're ready to guess. I, I, I am. Now, but here's my only question. Is it, there's a three flavor notes today? There's three. There's three? There's okay. two there's mainly. There's, there's two, two mainly. mainly. You're right. And, and then, then there's... one, it has a lot to do with the body. Yes. Yeah. It's like the an body. adjective. Okay. I'm, well, if I'm, it's body, and I out. say full body, then I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it only ever says full body when I see body, mm. but, but I'm, is this different? Counterculture like, likes to use a lot of different words for, for body. They adjective. accept all, all body types. All body types. All body types are yes. accepted here. Okay. <laughs> they are. All right. They really well, are. Then, then I can't just say full body. Um, all right. So here's what I'm going to say. So if you look at the adjectives, it could be light. It could be round. It could be, what's the other, tea-like, which yeah. is like a very light, mm -hmm. you know, uh, full body, obviously. Um, crisp, you know, like, right. what's the other one? All the adjectives. 2% milk. I know they have like a bunch of them in there. 2% yeah. milk, milk is a body? Because if you look at like texture, you're looking right. at like yeah. different types of milk, whole milk. Would you consider it to be more like a full body? Yeah, right. Correct. And then you go into the 2% milk. Is that on milk. a bag at counterculture though? No, 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 oh, no. Man. But it's like- it's, I was going to say, that would be amazing. But I would it's love under to the flavor that. wheel uh, right. as an adjective, like to use to describe like body yeah. and coffee. Mm -hmm. That's, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. Listen. Fast forward I, is a 2% milk, I think. I he like that though. Do, like, mm -hmm. So are you, are you likening, so when you're trying to describe mm -hmm. how to, how, for people to understand body, mm -hmm. Do you use milk as a similar? I use, depending on their age, <laughs> I <Okay>. use milk. <laughs> if they're older than 21, I might relate to beer. Okay. Mm -hmm. You okay. know? So, like, think about, like, heavy body. What beer would mm -hmm. you describe? Like, a porter? Uh, was that stout? Right? Uh, even IPAs, like, double IPAs yeah. can be, like, very, yeah. like, high. Uh, but then, like, if you're looking more on the light, so the opposite, get into, like, a lager. Yeah. You know? I so, definitely feel under mm -hmm. 21 in this conversation. So, I'm more in the milk. The I milk. relate to the milk. So, whole milk? <laughs> 2%? 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 2%. 
Okay. Fat free. Skim. Skim. Yeah. So fat free. So yeah. I wouldn't say skim. But that could be Josiah's brewing. Yeah. And then like, for example, if you are not talking about like cow's milk, Uh right? Then we can talk about oat milk. Almond. Almond. Rice milk. Macadamia milk. That's just a little... A little it's too a much. Little it's a little pretentious. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, macadamia yeah. milk. Like, I thought, like, I thought we like cut it on the oat. Yeah. You know, now we're getting from fancy. Every nut. nut ever can be milk now. Correct. Yeah. You can. Let's go back to the basics. You can milk anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, correct. Sure. But macadamia milk, you don't like. This is when it goes back when we were talking about it. How. I can relate to macadamia milk if somebody like talks about that as a body descriptor because I have not experienced macadamia milk. So this is when we talk about like tasting those, it has to be like very relatable, you know? So like I think most people are exposed to almond milk, right? Or like soy milk or... Or even someone who may have never tried a papaya. That's also... They may not be able to guess. Oh, you're calling me out on something that I may... (laughs) Yes. So that's what you know right now is like sweet fruits. Right. And then when we talk about like light colors, brighter colors and darker colors, you know, that can help. Helps right. make it relatable mm-hmm. and unpretentious. Yeah, well, I'm 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 running out of coffee to yes, be able sir. to taste some. I'm, I'm gonna have to go for it. Do it. Although it's changing as it cools down now. Same. Mm-hmm. I know. All right. Moment of truth. Drum rolls. Put it in post. All right. I know. I'm going to go with like um, chocolate. I'm going to say raspberry and I'm going to say full bodied. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. I love those answers. They're not right. They're they're great. Let's go ahead. The flavors that you taste are the flavors that you taste. Exactly. So in their unique. I, pre- I pre- exactly. you know what you guys are way too kind. Let's it find be- out where I'm wrong. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see what counterculture tasted. Can we go ahead and introduce our coffee? Yes, am I introducing the coffee? I, All right, I want the suspense. So this is a limited release coffee. It was actually just released like very recently that I got to try it for the very first time two days ago okay. and yesterday again on espresso. But it is a limited release from Colombia, from uh, the leaders from the Organica, which if you're familiar with La Golondrina, um, he's the man, Nelson Mm. Mello. So it's this very special lot, very special variety. I think it's like a blend variety of like Bourbon um, and something else. But the tasting notes. Oh, let's let's see, let's see them. It's a We're single see farmer single lot. Single farmer of some of these tasting lot. notes. And yeah, I think it's. Bourbon, I'm not even looking at the box. Uh, I want to see the deal. It's Tavi variety, and there's one more in what there. You got? So the very first thing that we have are tropical fruits. Tropical fruits. Now you got the fruit category the fruit right. I did, but I went berry. You I went berries. Berry. I still, I, I, I might give it to you. <laughs> I think he's so generous. I think because uh, I think berries are like, regardless of the jammy kind of like, right, uh, like consistency. But I think you still have like the brightness yeah, in yeah. fruit that 
Yeah. So I think I give it to you. Oh, oh, oh look yeah, at this. Yeah. The generous fruit. Break. Right, right next, right next to that, we have cane sugar. Cane That's sugar. sweetness. Which, this morning, actually, Sandra came and visited me for coffee and I gave her a shot of espresso. Oh, she said it needs on. more sweetness. And so we continued dialing in the coffee. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. And then finally, we have crisp. Crisp. The body was crispy. She and I will say crispy. that Sandra gave you a hint gave for like you basically you everything. But, you, but here's the thing. I gave you waited you... till the very end. That was like. But that's why, because I want to make sure that that's the last thing you take. I didn't want to confuse you with the other ones. Yeah, but it's. Mm -hmm. I didn't get. I didn't. David, you're a winner. And my heart, yeah, and because you you voted fruit, I will go ahead and give you this bag of coffee. That I am, well, listen, I'm very grateful because it is a very, very delicious cup of coffee, and I can't wait to taste more of it. Yeah, I think for me, like it was like a lot of that cane sugar. I just taste like cane. I grew up like just like running around and cutting fresh cane sugar and just like and, chewing and gnawing that. on it. Yeah, and this one is straight up that for me you know so so this coffee has a lot of nostalgia for you mm -hmm. it has a lot of that nostalgia i think in terms of like the flavor profiles yeah, yeah. but cane sugar very sweet for sure all right yeah. shout out to nelson Mello. shout out nelson to Mello. so we're here with sandra walamaki <laughs> from counterculture coffee and i have known sandra for some time now uh, probably now. about a year and a half. Is yeah. that right? I, does it count the very brief, like, hello, when you, like, crushed my class? Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. I made, and I was maybe. like, who is this kid walking into this thing? And just She knew that out. I was coming, okay? <laughs> I know, I know. So, so Sandra is a counterculture educator, and she is stationed, or I guess her, her home of coffee mm -hmm. with counterculture is in Miami. It is Miami, yeah. And I did one day crash... I drove all the way down from. I, I didn't crash. I was okay. gonna say. I, mean, I let them know a couple days in advance. He walked in like he owned it, that place. <laughs> <laughs> and James. I wouldn't expect told anything me, less. James told me to walk into the training facility, uh, and James. Sandra was teaching a class. And that would have been January. It was January of 2020. Was it? It was. It was January of 2020. Okay. Because you had it opened up the facility when October. October. The less, yeah. So it was just a few months October. afterwards mm -hmm. and I had been planning to come and I, I think that we had decided to go with counterculture mm -hmm. sometime in yes. November, December. Yes. Um, I don't know that we've ever even talked about the coffee shop that I helped run, but it's called Rulu Coffee. And so Rulu Coffee decided counterculture was going to supply our mm -hmm. coffee. And that's how I met Sandra. That's how you met me. Yes. I know. I was, I was such a, um, I wish I would have Pause that class a little bit longer to be more like engaged. But I was like, okay, my class is full. <laughs> yeah, no, you what had four. She had four people we were in there. Teaching. Cold um, coffee? No, was it cold coffee? I don't think that it was mm. cold coffee because you had hot hot water. Then it was definitely. Oh well, you never know. You could. You yes, you could make cold hot coffee water can become cold. That. <laughs> we have experienced <laughs> this today yes. while we are drinking. Yeah, it's it's very coffee cool. is now cold. Yeah, yes, right. correct. You see, we're learning. We're learning something today. We are. Yeah. We are. Well, and Sandra is an incredible educator. She has come and spent time with our team, and everybody loves Sandra. Aww. Actually, one of our staff this morning was talking about how another staff member was going to be so sad Aww. that they didn't get to see Sandra. I'm so she was there sad. for a little bit. Yes. Um, but Sandra is amazing. 
And so we're honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for driving all the way up from Miami to be with us. It's an honor to spend those hours to make it here and spend that time with you guys. Yeah, I always find, I remember like uh, when I was approached, I was like, no, I just, this is just like an excuse for me to go back. Like I want to have an excuse. Mm. So let's make more excuses. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Let's we make more excuses for me to come. But no, it's always like such a different uh, like feeling just driving here and spending some time with you guys, you know, like new friends. Yes. Friends, I know we're know? new friends now. New friends. Right. Yeah. So it's always like a great time and something very special that every time I come to Burulu, you know, it's just like you said, you know, like the staff and everything, which I don't even like think about like them as a staff, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you all are great. So yeah. And we're learning so much learning. from Sandra every single time she comes. We get better every single time that I'm she learning. comes. And we are all learning. We all are learning. So Sandra, what, what is your role at Counterculture? So I'm the regional educator. Like Josiah was saying, I am based in Miami, but uh, we cover, you know, all over Florida now and some places of the Caribbean. But yeah, my oh, role cool. is strategically just like teach people, you know. We're at so the Caribbean. That, uh, we are in St. Thomas okay. in Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico, Caribbean. It is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in that island. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, let's Google it. And soon, hopefully, once this is kind of like die down a little bit, uh, Jamaica. Oh, wow. So, yeah, somebody's got to do that. It's such a hard job. Oh. That's all that it's travel, all, all that, that tropical. Travel, oh, the yes. heat, you know, like the palm tree, the, the water. Oh. <laughs> so hard. Uh, no, I'm very grateful like, to be able to uh, be exposed to like different like cultures and uh, be able to be exposed, but also like bring coffee to like different mm. places too, you know, and have more way to talk to. But yeah, like my role is just like education. So I'm part of like the a support team for kind of culture in Florida, I will say, you know, it's just Myself and my other person, you know, James, which we mentioned, uh, which is our regional manager for this region. Shout out to James. Shout out to James. He was so sad, but somebody needs to hold the floor, you know, when when I'm gone, you know, like doing things. (laughs) So, but it's always a great time. So, This is something I'm curious about. How long have you been in this position with counterculture? Did you start in a different role? No, the position was, uh, so originally we were part of the customer relations where it was all about just like retaining accounts, but it was also education uh, in between that. And then we transitioned those roles and turned it into creating our own department, which it was all just education. So I transitioned into the education department. Uh, so right now, like most of the CRs, what we would call at that time, are educators for kind of culture. So I do. It's so, such a fun department. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. What is CR? A customer relations. I got it. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we still do. I think we never end up being, you know, like customer relation people, you know. Um, but education is the core of yeah. what I do. Yeah. I well, think so, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It, it is. is. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We spend a lot of yeah. time uh, being educated by you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and something that I know personally about like my journey with coffee is in order to feel like I was ever able to educate anything, anybody on coffee, I had to have the experience first myself. Mm. So can you tell us about where it all started? Oh, well, Like the very started. beginning oh, of gosh. why coffee was even on your radar. Uh, the story is long. I'm it's sure kind it of complex. Uh, 
It's funny because when people ask me about like, how long have I been in coffee? And I was like, okay, what really counts, right? Right. And I think I've been in coffee my whole life. That's the real answer. You know, like I don't think the coffee journey really starts when you like start your first coffee job. I think the the love for coffee can start like way earlier than that, you know, and I think that's why people choose to work in coffee in mm -hmm. this industry. So I grew up drinking coffee my whole life, you know, like my grandmother and still my family in Peru, they are uh, coffee producing partners, or not partners of ours, but like coffee producers. So I grew up on that environment, um, seeing my grandmother, my cousins, uncles, everybody, you know, on my side. So it was always like something that it was present, you know, in my everyday life. Um, but my real, they're all real. I think you learn something every position that you're in. But my first job in coffee was in my hometown of Lima in Peru. That's where I grew up. Um, and it was just like a coffee shop, you know, like uh, it was owned by this guy, Mr. Keenan from, he was from Texas. And he owned this like roastery coffee shop. And I always wanted to, my parents were like, so angry that I was working and I was like, but I really? was well, always like, like a little rebel, like a good one. You know, okay. I was always like the good, good rebel. Rebel, rebel with a cause. With, rebel <laughs> yeah. with a cause. Yeah. So they never wanted me to like work until I finished college or stuff like that, which that's like a culture thing over there. Um, but I finished high school very young. Uh, okay. That's 15. Wow. Yes, yeah, so I started right away working and I work at this coffee shop over there. Um, Did you know, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that you grew up, I'm not many people's coffee story starts growing up around coffee producers. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But then did you know from the get-go, like the first job you wanted was coffee? Was that the first job that you had or this was just your first coffee job? It was my first job, period. Wow. So I don't know how to do anything else in life. Wow. Not That's kidding. Crazy. I do <laughs> um, No, but I think it was like easy. It was like an easy plug because I was like, I like drinking coffee. And I think that's a lot of the decisions that… Yeah baby baristas what we call them like make you know it's like if you like coffee then why not like yeah. do the things that you love to drink and you get free coffee right right so it's like that's, do a, it, do that's it always free coffee that's it um but i started working there and then i worked there through my whole like college you know like years and from there after college i moved to seattle washington wow. so all the way which is a big hub for coffee it's a big one and when you ask, if you ask me the question of like where my specialty coffee journey started, it was there. Okay. So work at this local coffee shop in West Seattle. Um, I worked directly with the Stumptown uh, Coffee Roasters, mm -hmm. you know, which I was already like thrilled just to like be exposed, you know, to such an amazing company and working directly with like the educator, uh, Mike. Shout out to Mike. All right. Uh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. We reconnect like so many years like later, you know, like yeah. just knowing that we're still in coffee, you know, and just talk about like our journeys like back in the day when I was the baby barista. Right. Like that's like just starting in coffee. Now you're the OGs. And so that's all right. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not OGs. Yeah. So pause on that. Like we're, I don't think there's ever oh, a time where I will say I'm an OG. Mm. And one of the sayings that we say that kind of culture is like, we're always, we are the teachers, sure, but we're all students. Yeah. Mm. There is something that we're constantly like learning and like redefining, you know, because the industry changes. We right. change as well. So, but anyway, so then from there, I moved to Red Hook in New York and I work a little bit there. 
Uh, and then from there, I made my journey to uh, Darien, Connecticut. Anybody knows where Connecticut is? It's um, a very small. It's in the northeast. Somewhere in the New very England area. Small. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like most people always pass Connecticut. You know, you pass New Jersey and Connecticut. You mainly just go to New York and then Mass, you know? Right. But um, I was there for a very long time working at this very local coffee shop. Um, but I was started as a customer. Oh, really? So I sat down. I That was the spot that I will, because I will still work in New York while living in Connecticut. And that will be my like weekend spot. Like I will sit down at the bar, get to know the baristas, get to know the owners, you know, just literally just sipping some yeah. coffee. And then I was like, I might as well just work here. I'm giving all this money. <laughs> right. Might as well just spend all your time there. And I was already like in love with what they're doing, you know. Um, and they were uh, wholesale partners for counterculture. Okay. So that was the very first time that I was exposed to like counterculture, you know, because the West Coast um, at that time it was like heavy on like the Pacific Northwest like roasters, you know. So the East Coast was very restricted to like the East Coast roasters yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Now it's a completely different story. Right. Um, but I loved it. You know, I love like enjoying like coffee and having conversations with people and like being part of that community. Was that so, your first interaction with counterculture? It was. Was at this local shop? Mm -hmm. And there was, was there a presence? I know that now counterculture is very yeah. much in New York City. It's a big one. Yes. Was it, was it the same then? Like had you, you hadn't come across it It was a still really? a smaller. I mean, okay. it was uh, the end of 2010. So okay. I was like, Many years ago. Um, so, no. yeah, I know. Well, many 2010. years ago, 2010. Uh, that was about when we met. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. A lot of great things happened, happened in, right in 2010. Uh, but yeah, so I started then. And okay. that's when I started seeing, like, you know, I started hearing about like the tastings at 10 and into the city. And I got like all like involved, like the people or the support team at that time in New York. Um, some of them still work for counterculture, but now they're in different regions. Okay. Um, so I started just like, kind of just like rubbing shoulders with the counterculture vibe, yeah. you know? So I felt like that person too. Um, but it was such a great time, you know? Like, and I mentioned that like earlier, it's like a lot of the things that we said is like, we came for the coffee, we stayed for the people, you know? Because I think people is the one that like literally like makes you stay. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, people is the one that like, took me to the same coffee shop every single time, right. you know, at the same hour, you know, like and just sitting there while sipping a mug of coffee. And you, and you being the people mm -hmm. that they liked having there probably got you the job. <laughs> I hope so. It's people. <laughs> it's you're right. That's so Yeah. Good. So and with kind of culture was that it was like I think the coffee was my way in yeah. into the industry. But the people is the like led me to kind of culture. Mm. I think the support team that until this day, I remember them, you know, it's just like, it was something so special that mm. I think I always then like in my mind was like, I want to be part of this people culture, this yeah, culture, right. you know, that it's not just coffee, but it's people uh, primarily. So yeah. And that's kind of like what my journey is started. I work at that coffee shop for, oof, wait, how many years? Five years. Okay. Yeah. I did everything, you know, like um was a barista. I'm always a barista. A lot of people ask me that question that, you know, like, no, you're not a barista. I was like, yeah, I'm always going to be a barista. You mm -hmm. know, like, I don't clock in and clock. I was a barista, but I think I'm always going to be one. 
Um, but that was a portion where, um, you know, I learned the most in the industry. I yeah. were behind the bar. I managed the places. I opened their new locations. I did a little bit of roasting, you know, a little bit of like production, like bagging coffees, you know, yeah. um, we will go into New York to do that sales you know i did a lot of things that like i think helped you know to yeah. yeah to lead me to this position that i am in right now which is very special yeah and i'm grateful for that so yeah and then i moved to miami so that's when i land in miami four years ago four years mm -hmm. how many four shops years. how many shops now do you um oof Many, like what, so many. Visit or um, train or educate everyone. Yeah. yeah, everyone in the state of Florida. Everyone that works for kind of culture. So, like, we are a wholesale company. So, our model is always being wholesale. And um, the reason why we have this role of education is like because at the end of the day, it's like about sharing knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we share this knowledge with like all our partners. You know, um, we have so many. I mean, we started it with when I moved to Miami. It was six accounts just within the Miami Dade like area. And then now it's like little by little started like expanded like everywhere. I mean, like I'm all the way here. It's grown yeah. to one of one of the top on the list at counterculture, right? It's one still of the a top very five. smaller uh region because it is, it is a, one of the newest region for oh, counterculture. Wow. Like us in Dallas were the newest regions for counterculture. Okay. Really? Okay. But it grows, it's growing very healthy. And I think that's like the, the stuff that we like really like enjoy, you know, we want to make sure that we grow, but we grow the healthy way, you know, right. and also like we remain healthy individuals, you know, in the process and uh, meaning just James and I, you know, mm -hmm. so it's been very special, the connection that we get to like build. So I think there's no other, I mean, again, all the jobs I had, they have been special in uh, my career, but I think this one has something that there's something bigger, you know. So you've been with counterculture, working for counterculture for how long now? Four years, a little over four years. Okay, so you got when mm -hmm. when you moved to Miami, mm -hmm. that was the start of your yeah. counterculture. Position. I moved and I started a new job, and I didn't have a place to live. One of my really good friends moved down with me. Okay, we drove from Connecticut to Miami, not knowing where to stay. Really. <laughs> had our mattress like flew out like, no. a lot of things happened you know uh on the way but it was part of the journey such a great story you know did you like, go back and get it or did you just no it like literally like flew on the highway <laughs> and then went out of the it. bridge and we went the off bridge? the bridge i think it was in virginia what? yeah it was in virginia we just saw she was driving the truck i was driving my car behind her and all i see was this thing like flying off the highway. But you were you were planning on you were planning on on, <laughs> on trucking your bed your bed on the roof all the way down from Connecticut to Miami. No, it was it was secure. Yeah, but I mean, you were gonna just windy. ride yeah, with yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, sure, it was great. Have yeah. you not seen a Goofy movie? I was, they put everything on the I was top gonna, of the like, car. This felt like a Griswold family vacation. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was well secure. You know, it, but it was very windy. But you made it down. I made it down. Without a mattress. Correct. Yeah, That's and awesome. I started my job like that Monday. You wow. know, so I think we arrived like on a Thursday night. Monday, I was starting a new job with this new company, new no team, new everything. Yeah. That is it awesome. It was great. It was now, such a great time. You said the Caribbean is is part of your region. It is. Right? Um, 
what's a place that you um is there a bucket list place that you have for coffee that you'd love to travel and experience coffee in that location or that place um i might be biased on this one uh, but i think i i've been back home you know like almost every every year since i left my immediate family still there um but i don't think i have experienced like a specialty coffee in lima you know like Mm. where i'm from um you know like at least in my last visit i know like the past few years like still be getting some you know like traction uh i mean like some of the best kind of culture like importing partners and exported partners are in peru you know and um some of them has offices in lima so hopefully that brings you know like more of the stuff but i would love to like be able to go and do the things that i do like if i go to another city like in europe or even here you Mm -hmm. know like but do it in my hometown, you know, yeah. and be able to experience uh, that. And you've had coffee so many places. So, so many places. It is It is neat to think. I remember when I first left my hometown and then came back and I saw that people mm. cared about specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me such a an appreciation for where I was from mm. that people cared about the same thing that I cared about. But that would be amazing to go yeah. to Peru. Before we dive into the factors of brewing, which we'll talk about a little we'll bit. We'll talk a lot. Yeah. We'll talk a lot a about lot, it. Yeah, a lot. A lot. It's like my, there's a lot of factors. My, my next question <laughs> is like, is there a moment that you can remember? Mm. It could be in Peru, could be in Seattle or New York or Connecticut or mm. Miami. Uh, but is there a specific moment that's really nostalgic for you? Like where Oof. you were sitting someplace and you drank a cup of coffee and you remember it like a dream. Mm. Like you remember it vividly, but you were like, that place, if I could go back to that place, not because the shop was the best or the mm. coffee was even the best, but you just remember that moment. Rulu coffee. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a Rulu coffee. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's, uh, I think I'm going to take it back to the beginning then, because I think that's the one that is always going to carry through. Mm. Um, like, I think everything that I do and communicate it started there you know so i think this is when like the role as an educator is so unique because it's like i always say it's like we're like storytellers you know like we share information we tell stories you know and for me like takes me back to like where it started when it was like when i started drinking coffee you know and um it was in my grandmother's kitchen (laughs) really (laughs) yeah like back in uh Pedro Ruiz is in a little town in okay. northern Peru, uh, in Amazonas. So my grandmother, like I mentioned earlier, she was a coffee producer. I mean, nothing like big, you know, but that's what she did. Uh, so growing up or going there, like growing up, like going there to visit her, like in summer breaks or things like that, it was special because you will see her you know, we will go into, you know, the the coffee field, let's put it like that, to be more relatable and uh, pick up like cherries um, and then bring them back to like the backyard where she will have like a depulper, you know, wow. and depulp okay. the coffee. And like, I will see it. It was just fun, you know, to be like running out around right. the whole like land or whatever with her. And, and then she will dry it. Like you will see her in her patios, uh, like drying, you know, like, yeah, it was crazy, but I didn't know any better than I think 
uh, made like my memories just, like you're like this is just a Saturday. Yeah, it's like eight just years no, old, that's so cool. eight maybe. Yeah. I don't know, like very young. And then she will uh, roast the coffee. Okay. Which it would be just pan fire. Yes. Uh, she would just like saute the coffee beans. Super yeah, scientific. Super like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, it was like, if if I see her doing that, like now I'll probably like my rolling eyes <laughs> so hard. I heard I was like, this is not on. pretentious. So we you, accept that, yeah, that method yeah, of roasting. Like, hey, yeah. you got to do it. You got to do with the <laughs> things do. that you have. Mm-hmm. And she had open flame, you know, like pan, pan and that's it. And it was a special pan. It was yeah. this pan that, that when you touch it, your fingers will be like black of the car, you know, the, the wood fire. Oh, okay. Like she will use the same one every single time. Really? And then she will let it cool, grind it in this corn, whatever, like moledora, whatever that's called a like grinder, I guess. And then she will just pour hot water and give it to you. You know, and in Peru, there's this tradition that is like... um, so you drink it like that black, but like sometimes she she also will make like cheese, like fresh cheese. Mm. Oh, it's the best cheese ever. Uh, you will cut it slices and just throw in your coffee too. And it will just like melt and it add like some complexity to your coffee that it will add like that sweetness, but like wow. fatty. So instead of adding milk, but it was like that cheese, it was straight up milk. Yeah. Like there was nothing right. added to it. It yeah. was just like. It tastes just like milk. That is so cool. So I, I don't think I've, I've heard of cheese with my coffee. Me either. Mm, but now so I try good. it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So I think that's um, that's a memory that I always have, you know, and like receiving that like a special package from her, like this curl package and it would be like coffee, you know, that she picked roasted grind, you right. know, yeah. like all those different things, you know. Uh, so that was very special. You know, it was always like, so you guys have a little kitchen, um, open fire in a tiny little table, and you would just sit her there and like watch her. She would sit in like a little like stone stool, you right. know. Um, and yeah, just observing her, it was great. Yeah, that's amazing. So, that, mm-hmm. That's and pretty there, awesome. I, there, there are very few people that I've I've met who have had the opportunity to mm-hmm. to be that close yeah. to somebody who does coffee every day, mm-hmm. and like you said, uses the tools that they have to make coffee taste really great. Mm-hmm. That is so amazing. It's so special. I love that. And I think that's why, like, I have that special connection with coffee. It's not just coffee because, you know, it gives you that, like, caffeine boost or it's not a coffee because it's just something delicious. I think there is, like, so much of that story that needs to be told, like, needs to be told, you know? So, and for me, like, I can imagine, like, all our coffee producers, like, doing something similar, you know, with Mm -hmm. their legacy. So, that's special. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, we're about to talk about the factors of brewing, which factors were modeled by your brewing. grandmother. Uh, not pan to fires. A, to a certain extent. <laughs> to a certain extent. We're not she, having pan she, fires. Yeah. The, the, the factors exist whether or not you pay attention to them. Right. Yeah. She never learned her lesson. It's okay. And that that's actually something that I say a lot at the shop is we want to make coffee the way that you like it. Yeah. And so people like coffee a certain way. Yeah. And after decades mm-hmm. of being trained to create coffee a certain way it's probably mm. what you grow fond of and it's something that you like and that's what differentiates specialty coffee just a little bit yeah is that it's a, it's a careful attention to the detail or the science or in a different mm-hmm. way than maybe it has been historically and it is newer this third wave of co- that kind of attention mm-hmm. although coffee is 
Yeah. Kind Oof. of been around for it's so long. It's been around for so long. So yeah. let's talk about some of those factors. Yeah. Sandra has spent some time with my team on this. Uh-huh. And she's she's amazing at it. And she mm. has a lot of incredible information. Yeah. Uh, but let's start with the very first factor of brewing. There are six factors of brewing. Mm-hmm. And Sandra is going to educate the both of us. Today, we're the students. Yes. And mm. really, we're always the students. We're, we're all always. students. We're always learning. Pretend I'm Josiah barging into your uh, into your class. Yeah, I yeah. Back that. in January 2020. Um, but also, I, I, was, I was just telling Sandra that I remember a very specific moment from the office. That mm. is one of my favorite moments. Michael Scott looks at Oscar, the accountant, and he says… Tell it to me like I'm five. <laughs> and that, I was like, that's like the perfect example of what we want. Yeah. We want to know like base level for anybody out there who yeah. is like just en- like entering into their coffee mm-hmm. world or a really good reminder for people who've been in coffee for a really long time to pay attention to these factors. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what those are. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I think like uh, that's something that like we always… in every single conversation that we have about coffee or teaching a class, we talk about those six essential elements for brewing. Uh, there are six, right? So tell you like there are five, but I think there are one that is like more important, which is like uh, good ingredients. Okay. And that's not part of the, right. I think like in order to execute like a great cup of coffee, first you got to start with great ingredients. Um, but the six are, we're talking about ratios, right? So like proportions, mm-hmm. you know, of like, how much you're going to use of each of those ingredients, um, your grind size, your brewing time or cooking time. How long are you cooking this thing? Right. Uh, then we get into some fancy ones, which is like turbulence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Turbulence, uh, water temperature, how mm-hmm. hot your water is. And the most important one, in my opinion, water quality. Oh, how good is that water? How good is your water? We've t- Josiah and I have debated this before, so yeah, we, I'm excited. I, here, here at HQ, we've got some pretty, pretty good water. It's we're water gonna, that we're going like. to test it one day. We, that, we really, we really should. It actually tastes very good. Oh, it's really, so it's really good yeah. Water. Like I actually just taught a class about water a couple of weeks ago, just all about water. Yeah. So when I talked about like ingredients, it's like 98 plus is just water. So right. you need to start with great water in order to execute green coffee so we're in this right now <laughs> we're in. Right. okay yeah yes. are we gonna go what in are... reverse or are we gonna go back in the same order that we started doesn't matter what's what most important want? to you sandra i think i mean i think like the reality is uh i can't change your water right, right. so i think like some of the important was like you got to start with like a recipe mm-hmm. you know so ratio yeah, okay. so I think every brewery method requires uh, a specific recipe. So I think that's very important, like to execute like good coffee. You know, you have to, it's like baking, right? Or cooking, you're watching a video. You want to like follow certain like steps and then specific recipe to accomplish the best flavors. Mm-hmm. So I think ratio is like one of the most important ones. You know? when, when people are out like… Mm-hmm about listening to this and yeah. they hear a ratio they hear a recipe where do they go to find these recipes uh you can grab your smartphone and do some simple conversions uh but i think it's also like uh the rule of thumb is you know like 
all your faster brewing methods, you know, think about your espresso, think about like other fancy like methods like AeroPress, if we want to mm-hmm. think about those, right? Uh, faster brewing methods requires the smaller recipes versus mm-hmm. like anything that is going to take time, you know, is going to require a larger of a recipe, right? especially when talking about like water volumes and stuff like that. So... The question will be like, what do you normally like to drink? Because I want to be like, um, everyone brews coffee differently just because it's based on that preference, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you might like drinking espressos. Other people might like drinking like a regular drip coffee, either right. on a coffee maker or either on a manual brewing device, right? Okay. So like, what do you like to drink? And the best you know, place like- to start is probably with what you have. Correct. Just like we discussed, mm-hmm. like if you just have a regular brewer at home, to search and look mm-hmm. for a recipe yeah. for a brewer. Yes. And you may not always want to go with the guy that mm-hmm. they give depending on what kind of brewer you have. But if you know that it's just regular drip coffee, yeah. you can find a really great default starter recipe and then change it from there yes. based on the taste. And I think you put it the right way. It's like a default recipe, right? Yeah. So it's like the recipe that works for me at home with the equipment that I have, with the water that I have, might require some tweaking when we're brewing it here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not the same environment. It's not the same method. It's, it, I mean, it might be the same method, but you might not have the same tools. So I think starting with the one, and I always say like, take notes, you know, like I right. think we always talk about like, take notes of the stuff. Like how did the one first coffee taste like? Yeah. At the end of the day, flavored is the ultimate goal. And you liking it is the ultimate goal, you know? Like, I want to make sure that you enjoy it um, because our preferences are different. So I think, like, it started with one. So if you're looking at a drip coffee, we always says, like, 60 grams to, like, a liter of water or, like, a 1 to 16. That's mm-hmm. a very standard, like, canning culture recipe, One you to know? 16. So yeah. one gram. gram of coffee, coffee to your 16, 16 grams, grams of water. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, and then go from there, brew it away and then see if you like it, you know, see if you need to add a little bit more strength to it. Meaning like you want more like a punchy coffee flavor. Maybe you need to add more coffee. Maybe uh-huh. it's Wario. So that's why like taking notes is a mm-hmm. very important thing because you can relate to the one recipe that you started with. When you said something mm-hmm. interesting to me, because a lot of times I think people think of strength of coffee when they think of their roast level, mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. strength of coffee being about changing their ratio. Like concentration. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like concentration. Yeah, we talked a lot about that yeah, in did. our classes because it's like, as a coffee professional, we talk about strength as like this fancy word of like mm-hmm. total dissolved solids, right? Which right. If I tell you that, you'll be like, uh, what does that mean, right? I need to tell you the things like you were five. So <laughs> let's talk about the strength. I was like the punchy flavors, right. you know? Um, but a lot of the reason why it's so important for us to talk about that with when we're talking about with baristas or coffee professionals is because the consumer doesn't relate to that word. Mm-hmm. You know, consumers relate to caffeine content they relate to uh, roast profiles you know right. like all those different things so like we related to like total dissolved solids but they don't right so mm-hmm. so it's like what do you like you like strong coffee you like a lighter that's a question number one what do you prefer right you well, know? i know because in, in specialty coffee mm-hmm. you you really want the roast to be the thing that the roast level to be the best to bring out the flavor in the coffee, mm-hmm. not necessarily related to quote unquote strength. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about strength, it's it sounds like 
for the folks who are listening, the best thing that they can do is to modify their ratio and not focus on the roast level. Let the let let the roaster mm-hmm. do do what they do best, which is come up with the best uh, roast level for that particular coffee, Correct. and then change their ratio if they like it stronger. Yeah, and I think also like with roast, there's so many like styles of roast right. coffee that like. Do you like a dark roast? Do you like a lighter roast? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's when when they said like start with like good ingredients, but also figure out like what you like the most. You know, like somebody that is so used to. I mean, I moved to Miami four years ago, and, and the preference there is so different, so different from maybe a Seattle, right? Correct. Like polar what, opposite. What is what's the preference in in Miami? I mean, it's a Cuban as yeah. dark as it can get. Dark, 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 dark. dark you know, it's so like this much coffee and then four packets of sugar. Correct. Oh, I was. You know, but I I'm grateful to be yeah. in that industry now because it really like gave me a different uh, understanding of dark roast coffee mm. and like the complexities that we can the complexity of flavors that we can get from a dark roast coffee. Mm, cool. So, but obviously, it's like good quality, uh, like coffee starts with good quality green coffee, right? Right. So, um, so that's a step one. It's like a Cuban, like raised, like born and raised in Miami, I give them something like light and citrus. They're probably just going to be like, nah, where's like right. my dark rose? You know, right. like I want the like dark rose flavor. So I think figure out what you like in terms of like coffee profiles yeah. and then recipe and then adjust based on the strength that you will like. And so after you find the mm-hmm. recipe based mm-hmm. off of the preference of the mm-hmm. coffee that you have, then what? So the recipe is just one, right? So right. we talked about like six essential elements where they all kind of just like play a big part when you're brewing coffee. Grind size, right? So uh, start with a good grinder. That's a step one. But if you don't have one, I mean, you can do it like my grandma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And well, but really though, because there are people <laughs> who you- get surprised. They're like, these are whole coffee beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. So in order to get to uh, the the goodness of the coffee, right, you need to break this very large particle and turn it into tiny, tiny pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And for that is, you need a grinder, right? Um, so burr grinders are the one that we always recommend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, blade grinders are not, or tend to not do the best job. So if you want to invest something or you want to ask for, from someone for your birthday present or Christmas, <laughs> invest in a good grinder. Uh, that and was like the biggest piece that I invested on like back in the day. And I still have that grinder. Wow. It's great. And I've even heard oftentimes that like, a, like you could have a lesser quality brewer, but if you have a really great grinder, you can still get a lot out of the coffee. Correct. Mm. That's right. Correct. It's like you cutting vegetables or herbs with like, a knife that it doesn't have any sharpness in it. You're right. just like... Just a dull knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're literally just like hurting those herbs, you know? Like, so it's like the same is going to You're punishing to, them, you know? You're punishing them. Yeah. yeah, like why do you want to punish something so beautiful? No. And so for what I'm hearing, like a blade grinder on its own probably would leave the coffee... I, I, if I'm remembering right, because mm-hmm. I did have a blade grinder Oof. that I, when I went to college, I had an AeroPress. Losing cred right I, now. I had an AeroPress, a blade grinder, and some local local guys, mm. friends of ours that make coffee at King State. 
had Love some of their that. first bags of coffee ever. Wow. And so it was good coffee, really great coffee actually, but then a blade grinder. And mm. we like we were realizing that it was super unpredictable yeah. in how we made our coffee. The blade wasn't able to cut the coffee in a way that made any kind of consistency. So can you talk about all that's included in grind? Yeah. So you want consistent grind size particles. And the thing that why we always struggle to create that consistency of a brew, you know, is because the blade grinder will give you very tiny particles or very large particles and all right. combined in each particle will be, I'm going to use a fancy word, uh, extracted, you mm. know, like we're extracting stuff from the coffee, but the water is extracting at a different levels, okay. you know? So it's, think about like dissolving things like sugars, right? So you're trying to make simple syrup. Yep. Water and sugar, right? But then you have very refined sugar and you also have like turbinado sugar, which is the coarser. Right, right. Which one dissolves faster. Uh, right? So like when you have those two mixed combined, the little ones are going to start getting dissolved way quicker than yes, the other ones. So right. you're going to have that uneven like flavors, uneven extraction, you know? So Yeah, we found that out pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, why does this taste so random yeah. every time we make it? Yeah, you get some harsh flavors, but also some right. like very light flavors. I don't know. Your mind then goes crazy when you taste that coffee and try to figure out what's wrong with it. Right. You know? Is there is there a burr uh, a burr grinder that you would recommend as like maybe a first step? And burr is B U R R because I was thinking like if somebody hears burr grinder, they're probably it's like a burr. burr. What's a yeah. burr? Yeah, like yeah, burr. I'm cold. Yeah. Um, or, or something prickly in the yard. A burr. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. That lands on your shoe, and now you're really. Mm -hmm. I, I, those are a pet peeve. Burr. Are they? Mm. They were those burrs. B U R R burr. But what burr. is a first step burr grinder, maybe that you would um, say? We always recommend, and that's, I mean, a cheaper ish grinder, uh, the Barazza, like in corn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a great grinder. I think it's like slightly over $100. Yeah. You know, so like, just put it on your list for Christmas. Right. It's great. Right. Yeah, 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 I did that. It was great. Uh, and I still have it. Worked. it. It worked. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then… Oh, I have a know. Barat's Encore yeah, on yeah. too. It's a great grinder. So I think that's… If you're going to make an investment on a grinder, might as well invest in something once, you know, and then just keep reusing it, giving it the right maintenance, you know, like cleaning your tools and things like that. But that And then one. maybe work your way up to… You know, some Alconic stuff. No. Some, Did no. you really need those fancy no, tools I don't, to make I don't, good I don't coffee? Have, I still have the yeah. Encore. But it, it it was a huge step going from yeah, that blade, for sure. blade grinder from probably like mm -hmm. a big box store. Yeah. And then to save up and mm -hmm. make an investment in something like the Encore and see a, such a drastic difference. And to look at it and be like, it all looks the same. You know? Yeah, you can lay it out and just like all looks the same. Right. Well, it sounds like also… Um, to your point, the, if grind size matters, uh, maybe some people are just always buying pre-ground coffee. Mm -hmm. That would be another another step to just take a step back and go, hey, let me look into whole bean yeah. and grinding it myself so I can change that variable when I'm making my mm -hmm. coffee. Yeah, always cut your veggies fresh. Always oh. cut your herbs fresh. Always grind your coffee fresh. All right. You know? Yeah. You got to get the most out of those flavors. And freshness is a big one in coffee. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've talked about two factors so far. We've talked about ratio. We've talked about grind size. And then we have four more to go. But I think we're out of time for today's episode. And we're going to have to do a two-parter 
And we will be in the exact same clothes with the exact same voices next, next time. Week. Next week. Yes. In the meantime, you can follow us at Get Ground to Earth. That's the number two on all the socials. And we'll catch you next time. Ground to Earth is produced by David Furry, Josiah Kent, and Roy Seringo. Editing by Roy Seringo and David Gardner. Video by Brett McCarty and David Gardner. Music is by David Furry, Riley Thornton, and Josiah Kent. Thanks for getting Ground to Earth with your hosts, Josiah Kent and myself, David Furry. See you next time.